Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. This lesson plan today, this uh, teaching uh, out of Numbers chapter 4 is so good and I'm uh, honored to be able to present it to uh, you this morning. Uh, It's the 35th Torah study uh, from Numbers 4 to Numbers 7. And I hear a phone, uh, phone message from heaven. Oh, it's my wife's phone. Okay, put that thing on silent. Phones ought to be silent in the church. (laughs) Amen. And so today we want to uh, uh, take a look uh, at the most overlooked blessing in the Bible. And that's uh, today's uh, sermon title. The most overlooked blessing in the Bible is in today's Torah study. Uh, And we'll we'll get to that. But before I tell you what that is, some of you may already know, let me uh, uh, build up to that uh, by sharing with you uh, one of the authors... Uh, in Judeo-Christianity that I've come to really enjoy and respect is Dr. John Garr. And uh, Dr. Garr wrote a a book a while back called uh, Christian Fruit and Jewish Root. And a phenomenal book. And he makes a statement in the book that if there is one page in our Christian Bible that should be considered uninspired, it's the page that separates the Old Testament from the New Testament. Pretty interesting statement. Uh, But it's this one single page that divides the Old Testament from the New Testament that has brought for centuries unwarranted division and strife and separation between Christians and Jews. Uh, And uh, therefore, what we have lost is an understanding of the Bible from a Judeo-Christian perspective. And uh, as a result, and this is by and large, uh, the Hebrew Scriptures have become devalued. Uh, And uh, this means that much of the Christian church has missed out on a major part of the wisdom and counsel of God. Yeah, we might include Psalms, and you've seen those little orange pocket Bibles that include the New Testament and, and Psalms and Proverbs. Well, that's a good start, but what about the Torah itself? The first five books of Moses. And so, uh, this is why, look, you may not agree with this, I hope you do, uh, but this is why I believe that you can't have the full gospel without the full Bible. Can't have the full gospel without the full Bible. Now, if all you know, if you've got Matthew through Revelation, hallelujah! 
But God wrote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and it is all inspired, right? Remember that? 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture uh, is God-breathed, God-inspired from Genesis 1.1 to uh, Revelation 22, whatever the final verse is. So this is why we have uh, uh, and why we're pursuing uh, the Jewish roots of Christianity, why we have a Torah study, which you're a part of. Many of you have been a part of it going way, way back. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you uh, to read some of uh, Dr. Gar's uh, teachings. Uh, I, I have another book by him. A brilliant book called Bless You. And Dr. Gar makes a strong and valid point concerning the blessing of God. And that's where we're going today in today's study. We're going to dig into the blessing of God. Who can use a little more blessing from heaven in your life? That's God's plan and purpose as we shall see. But... uh, uh, being a, a Bible student, I went to Bible college for a couple years, valedictorian. Uh, I had spent 17, 18 years serving the devil. And when I gave my life to the Lord and began to serve uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, I got on fire for God. And I was as excited or more excited for serving Jesus as I was for serving the devil. Just because you uh, get born again, it doesn't mean to lose all the passion and all the excitement, all the energy. Uh, uh, Right now, I'm looking to go to bed at 9 (laughs) o'clock. Back in the day, I was looking to go out at 9 (laughs) o'clock. So... uh, I don't know what that has to do with it. Don't lose your love and energy and passion for life. Uh, Just redirect it. But uh, Dr. Gar points out a major difference concerning the starting point in Christianity, uh, the theological starting point of Christianity, versus the theological starting point for uh, Judaism. And it's a, a, it's a, a fascinating point. He teaches that virtually, and I found this to be true, uh, that all Christian theology and doctrine starts with the fall of man, the sinfulness of man, the penalties of sin, and the need for salvation. Now, I agree that's absolutely true, but what I'm about to share with you is equally true, that God began the beginning of creation with a series of blessings. Follow me here. He came and said to Adam, all these things that I have created in the first six days are good. And I've created them to bless you. And then on the seventh day, He created the blessing, that Menuhah blessing, that Sabbath blessing, and it all uh, leads to this understanding that before the fall, God started everything with a blessing. Amen. Amen. 
Are you with me? That's the original blueprint. That's the original plan for Adam and mankind. He continually looked at the things that he created and said, this is good. And finally, when he looked at mankind, when he looked at you and I, he said, you are very good. Amen? The original plan meant that we were created in the image and likeness of God. That came before the fall of man, before sinfulness. Why is this important? Because how you build your foundation on who God is and what He's trying to accomplish makes all the difference in your biblical view, your worldview, your view of yourself, and where God wants to take you in life. Traditional religion is still teaching you're a worm in the eyes of God. But my Bible, your Bible, says that in the beginning, I created you fearfully and wonderfully in my image and in my likeness. And I gave you blessings to be fruitful and multiply, to have to, uh, uh, dominion in this world. Why? Because if you're going to go out and change the world, like Pastor Troy is changing the world, like New Beginnings, Pastor Larry is changing the world, it needs to be built on a foundation of the goodness of God, the love of God, the amazing grace of God. It's hard to get motivated when religion is beating you down, reminding you that you're nothing but an unworthy sinner. And so from the beginning, God said, I've created you with blessing in mind. Yeah, the devil came in and, and tempted and, and got Adam and Eve to sin and they're now the fall of man and all of that. But that's not where we should start with our understanding of God's divine plan. We should start with the understanding, I've created you in my image. I've created you because I love you and I want you to go into all the world and make this world in my image reflecting the love, the grace, the goodness of God. Amen. Isn't that why the Messiah came? The Messiah came the first time because He wanted to restore what was damaged by Satan. And part of what was damaged is an understanding of who we are in God. Amen? So, Jesus came and He brought, yes, salvation. Yes, He brought forgiveness. Yes, He brought victory over every spiritual enemy. And He also came to restore us to the original purpose. Before the fall. And that's the difference between Christianity and Judaism. Christianity starts by emphasizing in the beginning was the fall of man. 
No. In the beginning, God said, you all are good. I got a great plan for your life and everything I created is good. Now go out with the blessing of God on your life, a spiritual vision to build a world in my image, make it happen. And, and Adam did for a while and then they fell. But the original design wasn't to focus on sinfulness. And we need to address that. No one's saying don't address that. Do you know what's going to happen when Jesus comes again? He's going to set up His government, His kingdom here on earth. We're going to rule and reign with Him on planet earth. The Bible teaches for a thousand years. The seventh millennium, the Sabbath millennium. A thousand year reign of the Lord. And what do you suppose that thousand year reign of the Lord is going to look like? We're all going to be walking around broke, busted, and disgusted. Defeated. No, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be filled with the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, the prosperity, the blessing. So everything that we're talking about is all meant to explain that creation began with the blessing of God, not with the fall of man. That's the foundation that we need to be building on. And uh, look, that, to me, that, you know, I got saved in a charismatic church back in 1984. That's, all I, that's what charismania was meant to create is get us back to thinking about the blessing, the goodness of God, the prosperity of God, and away from ritualistic, traditional religion. How many of you just love traditional religion? (laughs) One of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet is a shin. Uh, and it, it, it looks like a kind of like a W in uh, the English alphabet. And check this out. The Shin is the first letter of God's name, El Shaddai. It means Almighty God. The All-Sufficient One. I've heard somebody once say that uh, El Shaddai means God will be uh, whatever you need Him to be whenever you need Him to be it. Boy, if we started advertising that instead of turn or burn, we, we, might, we might have... Our net is so full! But then people want to argue with you. Oh, no, God wants to judge you and make you miserable. Okay, well, you have a choice. You can go to the, the broke, busted, and disgusted church, or you can go to the blessing and prosperity and health and healing church. Vote with your feet. The shin... Or the name El Shaddai 
is at the top of all the mezuzahs. How many of you know what the mezuzah? Put the word of God on the doorpost of your house in that outer case that houses the Torah scroll inside uh, is got a shin. And, and uh, the shin, uh, it, it turns out, uh, every time that you see that mezuzah coming and going, you're meant to be reminded that you are blessed to be a blessing. Here I go, here I come, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I serve a good God, the all-sufficient God, the guardian of my house, the guardian of my family, the guardian of Israel, El Shaddai. And God, when he first got with Abraham, guess what name he revealed himself to Abraham as? El Shaddai. Because he wanted Abraham to have a vision. Abraham, I want you to see the stars in the sky. I want you to see the, the, the grains of sand on the seashore. And I want you to be forever reminded, this is El Shaddai speaking, that I have brought you into a personal covenant with me that includes an unlimited blessing. It's unlimited how far I can take you, Abraham. That's still in effect right now. So God begins everything with the blessing, not the fall. Here's something so interesting. Is that if you go online and uh, type in on Google or something, like electrocardiogram or heart and EKG, you're going to see an unusual picture of the heart. There's a distinctive shape surrounding every heart. And it just happens to look like the Hebrew letter shin. Get on your phone right now while we're talking. Look that up. And you'll see OMG. It's, it's that W look. On every heart, God created mankind with a shin surrounding its heart. So that our emphasis, our focus, our foundation would be on the goodness of God. The love of God. The blessing of God. It's embedded in every person. Yeah, of course sin corrupts all of that. But so does a, a traditional religion corrupts all of that. And so uh, we need to... Uh, get into the Torah study today and talking about the most overlooked blessing in all the Bible with this as a foundation. Because once you, uh, and some of y'all may have to rebuild, you, you need to call foundation repair. 1-800-FOUNDATION-REPAIR. I got some cracks in my foundation. It's probably traced all the way back to what we're talking about here. Because you grew up in a church, uh, well-meaning, it probably wasn't malicious, it, it, it wasn't that they meant to do it, they, they just were uh, being handed down the doctrines of men. 
The last thing the powerful church out of Rome could afford over the centuries is having people individually understand that the blessing of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the prosperity of God, the victory of God is on my life, it's on my family, and it doesn't, I don't care what's going on out there, I know what's going on in here. I, I got a sin around my heart. The all-sufficient one, the almighty one has got my heart. Religion doesn't necessarily want you to know all that. So look at it this way. I'll use an analogy uh, using the most famous scripture in the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world. How many of you believe that's absolutely true? God so loved the world. But what's also true is God so hated sin. That's true as well. So you got God so loved the world and God so hated sin. Both are true. But one is more true. One is more true. That God so loved you that He wants to bless you. He wants to uh, fill your life with the good things that He's promised from Genesis to Revelation. That's what new beget pastor and tis they spent their whole ministry life trying to teach God's people this kind of mindset. Teach you how to win, how to overcome, how to be a manifestation of the love of God, the power of God on this earth. Amen. So yeah, we all understand that uh, sin kills. It has damaging effects. It's part of the Christian equation. But you were never meant to build your entire Christian life on the concept of being an unworthy sinner. You are a child of the King. Somebody help me here. You are a child of God. And if you think about it, this is what makes the Jewish phenomenon, there's an actual phrase, you could type that into your search engine, Jewish phenomenon, that explains how the Jews can be so successful in every generation despite all the persecution, all the anti-Semitism, all the pogroms, all of the Holocaust things, the crusade things, the inquisition things. Because they've built their life on, I'm created in God's image. They have an understanding that when God created the world, that He meant what He said. That's good. And as for you, you're very good. Amen. Pretty good foundation. And and it's the foundation for this week's Torah study. Because in number 6... Uh, uh, God gives Aaron and Moses a unique blessing that's been overlooked uh, by most churches. It may be the most known blessing in the Bible, but the most overlooked blessing. And it's overlooked from the standpoint that in most religious settings, it's mainly just a cute benediction. 
uh, it's lost most of its meaning and value. Uh, And what a reminder to you and I that when we come to church, this is more than a ritual, folks. This is our life. It's not just the pastor's life. It's your life. And where God wants to take you, the destiny that He has for you, the amount of blessing that's in heaven waiting to come into your unique life is based upon your perception and understanding of the stuff we're talking about today. Think about it. God never intended for our spiritual relationship Uh, with Him, with His Word, to become strictly procedural. (laughs) Right? But that's what a religion does. It's just all procedural. It's all mechanical. But Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. And when those words are spoken and they get inside of you, things change for the better. And this is uh, what God had in mind when uh, He gave Moses and Aaron the priestly blessing. And it's one of the main blessings that God wants spoken over your life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? May the Lord bless you and keep you, right? May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. The priestly blessing. I bet you Jonathan Kahn says that. He says that a lot. Good man. Now it's interesting because uh, when God gave this, He also said, here's how I want you to do it. I want you to lift up your hands, high priest. And I want you to split. I can't do it, so I must not be uh, from the line. Okay, Sonia can do it. How many of you can split that? And you make the sign of a shin. That's the sign of the shin. Louis got it. Okay, y'all are supposed to be priests. We're all kings and priests. It turned out, how many of you remember uh, Star Trek? Mr. Spock. Remember, he used to do that? Spock and Gene Roddenberry were Jewish men. And they got together as they were producing uh, and writing uh, Star Trek. What can we do to bring something Jewish into Star Trek? And they came up with that. Live long and prosper. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's God's will for you and I right now. Live long and prosper. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, in your family, live long and prosper. But that's the letter shin. It's, it's being spoken and releasing El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, who will be whatever you need Him to be, whenever you need Him to be it. You're speaking that, uh, uh, that revelation over your life. Is anybody getting anything out of this this morning? So he's meant to be the conduit. Right now, you need to be the conduit in your own life. From God's throne to your life. 
A lot of times we're trained to look, okay, I got to wait for six months until Jonathan Khan comes before the, uh, uh, the, the power and blessing of God can be released. If, if this guy or that guy doesn't come to town, I just have to go without until he comes. Every morning. Every moment of every day is your opportunity to come into contact and receive through the spiritual conduit the blessing of God in your life. Amen. So, let's break this down uh, in the next 15 minutes. Ancient wisdom uh, says that this first statement this first part of the blessing, may the Lord bless you and keep you, refers to our physical and financial blessing. How'd that happen? Pastor's got a word for us. got so excited I turned YouTube on and it it just happened to land on Pastor Huck's sermon we got a nation to change may the Lord bless you and keep you refers in Jewish wisdom to the physical and financial blessing Uh, The Hebrew Bible that is in the Humash, some of you know about the Humash, the blue uh, Bible that contains all the rabbinical commentary along with the Hebrew scriptures from Genesis through Deuteronomy. When you read in the, uh, the footnotes, you find out that they connect this very first part of the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. It refers to the blessings God gives in Deuteronomy 28. We're drilling a little deep. Were you here last week? Uh, During the Pentecost service at the very end, I began to declare Deuteronomy 28 over our lives. Important blessings. But, But God gives it in conjunction with the priestly blessing. And He's saying, my son, my daughter, I take pleasure in the prosperity of your life. It's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I desire that you be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. And part of developing a prosperous soul is understanding El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Understanding Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides everything for my life according to His riches and glory. I'll meet every one of your needs according to my riches and glory, saith the Lord. And look, we understand that spiritual growth uh, is more important than financial growth, but God puts financial growth first because hungry bellies have no ears for the gospel. In, in uh, ancient Jewish wisdom in the book, The Ethics of the Father, uh, it teaches if there is no flower, there is no Torah. Yeah? And this means if we're always struggling to make ends meet, if we're always so burdened down in debt, 
if it, 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 we, we can't even get our eyes ahead above water and we're living that way year after year after so a lot of that poverty is a family curse and it's a mindset that's been passed down from grandma and grandpa to mom and dad now you're carrying that thing and you might not even know it but in the name of the all sufficient one we bind and rebuke and break the curse of poverty and loosen that blood bought overcoming power of God So God first releases promises of health and healing. Amen. Financial blessing. So as a result, we can spend more time on Amazon. I'm bumping mine up to a prime. No, the reason you're blessed isn't to spend more time making Jeff Bezos rich. Now, there's nothing wrong with Amazon or wherever you do your shopping. But in reality, you're blessed to be a blessing in the kingdom of God, right? Uh, And part of having your bills paid and have some surplus in the bank is to afford you more time to study the Word, which you're doing. You got up early. I can tell you're blessed. Turn and tell somebody, I'm blessed. Another Hebrew translation says, May Hashem bless you and safeguard you. Safeguard. Not only does God want to bless you, but He also wants to protect your blessing from the devourer. He promises to safeguard the blessing. The Lord is a guardian. And in addition, you have guardian angels ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. And when you follow God's financial blueprints, He'll not only rebuke the devourer for your sake, He'll also guard your heart. Remember the shin on you? He'll guard that heart from the deceitfulness of riches. So that's why another Hebrew version says, May God bless you and also protect you from your blessings. Because it's very easy to get so blessed and then think, You're you're just such a hot shot. (laughs) I don't need God anymore. Look what I've done. No, look what the Lord has done. Give Him all the glory. So in the end, that first part, May the Lord bless you and keep you. God is saying, May the quantity of your success be so great that it needs special guarding. May your possessions continue to grow and increase as well as the days of your life. Amen. May this blessing of wealth and protection be so great that you can use it to make your study of Torah and service to the Lord easier. And so you can, tikkun olam, change the world. Make the world a better place. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The second part of this blessing is, may the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And this speaks to the level of spiritual influence God wants you to cultivate in your life. Why do you have the Holy Spirit? Why do you study to show yourself approved? So that you can be a light to the world and salt to the earth. You can be a spiritual influence to the people that God brings you in contact with. How many of you have found this to be true? When God enlightens you, it's like He's opening up your eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. So that we begin to see not just a good deal on Amazon, but so that we begin to see God's wisdom and how to rightly apply it in our lives. How to take divine principles and rightly apply them in every situation. If we're struggling month after month, year after year with some of the same stuff, it only means that you haven't found the right wisdom to apply to that situation so that you can overcome that thing and move on to bigger and better things. How many of you don't need the wisdom of God? How many of you do not need God's ongoing counsel in your life? We all need it. How many of you have learned everything there is to learn and we're just shutting down study because I know it all? The man or woman that says they know it all just told you how little they really know. In some translations it says, may God illuminate His countenance for you. And this means that may the Lord's influence in your life grow and grow and grow to such a point that you walk with perfect clarity, with perfect spiritual vision. And you'll never doubt your salvation. You'll never doubt your calling or your destiny. You'll never doubt that God loves you and God wants to bless you. You'll never doubt that. Because your spirit is illuminated. And it affects your countenance. Just the, your worldview, the way you look at life. Amen? Praise God. And then when it talks about, may the Lord be gracious to you, this is speaking to the favor of God in the eyes of others. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord favor you in the eyes of others. Especially those that are in authority over you. Yeah, a boss, a parent, a banker, other people that are influential in your life. All you need is one person to open a door for you. And that door will open because they favor you. And they favor you because you have a revelation about who God is and how God wants to advance you. And and instead of being all arrogant and haughty about it, you realize everything that happens is because of the goodness of God. I humbly submit myself to you, Lord God, and have your way in my life. Direct me, lead me, guide me any way you want. Because I'm in, I'm all in. 
I can tell you right God is about ready to open somebody's door of opportunity this week. This week, something's going to change. This week is going to be a week of miracle breakthrough in somebody's life. Why? Because God is God 24-7. And He's always working behind the scenes to turn what the devil means for evil into something good and gracious and powerful. Who knows a God like that? El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, the all-sufficient one who will be whatever you need Him to be whenever you need Him to be it. I just feel somebody needs some gap insurance. You hear what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is up here and how I'm feeling is down here and there's a gap. Today, in this service, God is going to close the gap and you're going to feel faith arise. You're going to feel hope arise. Spiritual vision and wisdom arise. And that gap is going to close. Man. I can't do it, but if you can do it, I, I would do it often. Diane's got it. All right. May the Lord lift up his countenance, the third part of this blessing, and give you peace. I got to wrap this up. So you can get a good seat before the crowd comes. Amen. This part of the blessing speaks to Jehovah Shalom, who is the God of peace. God says, I will bring into your life a peace so great it will transcend all natural understanding. How can you be at peace when everything is crumbling? Because I served El Shaddai, I served Jehovah Shalom, and He has put His shin around my heart. I'm at perfect peace, and I can talk to the winds, the waves, and the storms of life and say, Peace! Be still. Mm. And so, as a, a God of peace, a peacemaker, uh, our Jewish brothers teach that God is always reaching out in a spirit of love, a spirit of reconciliation. Paul understood this and said that you've been saved and made an ambassador of reconciliation. And, and so the Lord is saying in this last part of the blessing that I want to come into your life and into your situation at such a level that every barrier to my goodness, my favor, my grace and mercy is going to be removed. And you're going to experience a level of harmony and peace and wholeness in your life. Religion told you you need to live a broken life. Well, if you're talking about living in a humble life, yeah, but Jesus came to take those people that were broken by sin and broken by the devil and put a peace inside of you that brings a wholeness. I have come to make you every whit whole, Jesus said. Wholeness. And look, even if you blow it, 
even if there's a, a time where you've neglected some things and you've committed some kind of sin, you've missed the mark, God is saying because of this peace, Jehovah Shalom, that I'm going to always be merciful to you. Pastor James spoke about this and he said, we serve a God whose mercy is greater than judgment. So God is saying, I want to be lenient in your life. Give me some kind of sign that, that you get this so that I can release the leniency, the mercy, and the favor. Give me some kind of sign that you get it. Amen. You know, in Bible college, uh, I learned that uh, 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 grace is uh, getting what you don't deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. But mercy is not getting what you do deserve. (laughs) You're you're not going to get the book thrown at you. You're not going to be left out to, uh, and hung out to dry in God's kingdom. Because He'll use even a mustard seed of repentance to turn a situation around. His desire is to grant us divine favor rather than retribution. In one explanation, it teaches that the lifting of God's countenance is taught to mean forgiveness. It's like a judge lifting up his head uh, on the bench and looking at a defendant and deciding, I'm not throwing the book at you. I'm going to rule in your favor. It's leniency. His mercy is greater than his judgment. One translation says, May Hashem lift his countenance to you and establish peace for you. And this shalom peace means that the blessing is sealed in your life with wholeness and wellness and well-being and safety and happiness and friendship and favor. Oh, come on, help me now. Completeness, amen, security, prosperity, victory, contentment, tranquility, and rest. We serve a mighty God. He is El Shaddai. Amen. And ancient wisdom says, peace when you enter, peace when you leave, and peaceful relations with everyone. Amen. So as we close, let me encourage us all, let's keep our vision and our focus on growing in the grace of God, in the knowledge of God, growing in financial blessing, growing in spiritual blessing, so that God will come in at the end and He'll seal that blessing with every blood-bought promise that has been made to you. It's all yes and amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen this morning. If you receive that, give the Lord a big praise. Love you guys.